on today's episode of the Op Nerd Podcast. That was a little intense, but let's talk about reactions. www.thehopnerd.com for fundamentals, learning teams, support, and so much more. Send us an email, thehopnerd at gmail.com, and be sure to follow along with us on all things social media at thehopnerd or at Sam Goodman. Welcome to today's episode. Hello, howdy, hi, everybody. Hello, howdy, everybody. It's Sam Goodman, the Hot Nerd, bringing you another episode of the Hot Nerd Podcast. How are you? Uh, No, really, how are you doing? I hope that things are going awesome for you, wherever you find yourself in this big, crazy, wild, wacky, mysterious, wonderful, insane, horrible, horrific, perfect, terrible, I I don't know, I might have said terrible twice, uh, but you get where I'm going, in this world. (laughs) I mean, that's that's the only way I can put it. Life is full of ups and downs and craziness and awesomeness and terribleness and all those different things, and I wouldn't trade it for a second. It's awesome. I love getting to be here with you, getting to have these conversations conversations around the things that we know to be meaningful to making work suck less, to making safety suck less, to to making things generally better, to humanizing our approaches, to treating people like freaking people. Like, come on, right? These These are good conversations, and I'm always, always pumped to get to have them with you, and I know you are too, because so many of you reach out to me at thehopnerd at gmail.com, or slide into the DMs over on LinkedIn, or the select few of you that follow my personal adventures on Instagram at thehopnerd. You send me messages, and we talk about the episodes, we jump on Zoom calls, and it's awesome. It's awesome. Before we jump too deep into today's episode, do me a favor, head over to the website, www.thehotnerd.com. Make sure you cruise over to the resources page. You check out the blog. We just published that new guide to this, the Hot Nerd Podcast, the super duper ultimate amazing perfect. Uh, perfect's probably not the right word to use, but the guide, right? And uh, it was fun. It was fun putting that together and getting back and listening through some of the episodes. And that's still what I'm doing to this day is just going back and reflecting. And I mean, there's just a ton. And that was kind of the intent of that guide was there's a ton to <laughs> at least for me, the guest list is just awesome. When I want to go back and look through particular guests or re-listen to guests, I can just look at that list and it's super duper easy. It was, it was interesting putting it together because I literally hit the size limit on the blog platform that I use trying to pump in all those little episodes, you know, kind of in there to kind of to catalog all those things because I wanted it all kind of in one spot. And it was a few days of just like mind numbing, copying and pasting. And yeah, yeah, your boy here doesn't do uh, AI kind of stuff. And so I'm sure that there's somebody out there going, well, if you would have just gone to, uh, you know, chat GPT or you just typed in this prompt and it would have just spit all that out. I, I have no freaking clue how to do that. Sorry. You know, I'm uh, as as much as the old schoolers like to point at me and say, look at that horrible new school person. We know the best ways these new people are insane. I'm not that new school. <laughs> 
when it comes to certain things. And that is one of the things that I am just not, and I don't know, I just don't find it to be all that valuable. I, I know people out there are going like, oh my God, blasphemy, blasphemy, AI is going to take over the, and it might, I, I don't know. I just mean in, in the, my general day-to-day existence, like you guys see it out there. You guys see the AI chat GPT generated posts and you just read it and you know exactly what it is. Like it's instant instantly. You just, Oh, that chat GPT wrote that. Like you just see it. You, you just, you just see it. And it's just like, I mean, that's, I have no problem with it. No issue with it. Not my cup of tea. It just not for me. Just not for me, so I don't know. We'll see where that what happens there, but totally, totally not my uh, not my jam. But that's a long rambly way to say that I sit here and uh, copy and pasted all of the like HTML code over into the little podcast players, and then typed the reflections, and then designed all the crap, and then brought the videos, and then so make sure you go check it out. <laughs> I guess I guess what I'm saying, and I hope I hope that my little my little labor of love it didn't take me a ton of time, but my little labor of love and annoyance because. I lost the first one that I was putting together because, again, your, your boy here, I, I ended up uh, thinking that I saved a draft and I didn't save a draft, so it was kind of intense. But it actually ended up better because I lost the first draft. It was worse when I redone it. You get where I'm going. Failure is the stepping stones to success, right? So I jacked some stuff up, and it actually ended up better in the long run, which was kind of cool. And this is kind of leading into our conversation today a, a bit, a little bit here. I'm going to tie it in, I promise. Reactions. We know that reactions matter. It's one of our human and organizational performance principles. And I would say it's, you know, right up there for me. It's 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 at least top five. Let me let me put it that way. It's at least top five. Or if you're going with the six hot principles, with the sixth usually unwritten hot principle being control save lives, um, I would say it's top six, right? It's 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 right there, right? It's there for a reason. I love it. I love it. And it's the one that I talk so much about with folks when they ask me that question. Oh, we're starting on this journey. There's a lot to do. What's the one thing that we can work on right now? My answer is almost always going to be, well, how you react when things get a little funky. <laughs> That's it. And I say that because tying this back to my losing of my work product for the original guide, Ultimate Super Awesome Amazing stupendous, phenomenal guide to the Hop Nerd podcast. Um, it hit me <laughs> when I went to open that up and I'm like, oh, shit. I got up. I pushed my little chair out. I walked out and uh, I let out more than a few uh, dirty, <laughs> dirty words Far beyond shit. That's not really that dirty of a word anymore, right? I mean, come on. Shit is pretty mild. That's about as mild as it gets. There was a lot more and probably about a good minute of that, right? Before I walked back in and, well, there's nothing I can do about that. <laughs> it happened. Like, what do I do now? I came back and I just started working on it again. I just started tinkering with it again. And as I said, it turned out to be a lot better the second go around, I learned some things in the first one that once I went back to scratch, I'm like, I'm not doing that again. I learned that that way is way too hard. And by the time I had already gotten a few hours into building this the first time, I already had too much sunk cost to go back and undo all that I had done. So I'm going to stick with it and run it to the end. 
And what I discovered was, is that it sucked. <laughs> like it probably didn't completely suck, but the one that replaced it was far better and actually far more efficient for me to put together. Now I could have just said, oh, terrible. and I could have just not done it. I could have let my emotional state get the better of me. Now, I didn't have anybody to blame anyone other than myself. But now, if someone else would have been doing that. Now, imagine, imagine that uh, I had myself on staff. I have zero staff, I guess, unless you count Avery. <laughs> I have zero staff. That's not something that I'd have or plan on having. Um, imagine if someone would have been doing that work for me in benefit of me and my company and they made the same error. And I will tell you a really easy mistake to make. And let me set up some of the context here with this. Talk about a bit of an error trap. As I'm going along, I'm looking up on the top corner and it has a little save button, right? It has a little save button. And when I go to click the save button the first time, it just automatically does its thing. It says auto save is on. So I'm auto save. Oh, great. So every so often as I'm going, I'm looking up and I see auto save. Oh, auto save, automatically saved. It shows. It shows, you know, automatically saved two minutes ago or something like that, right? Every time that I go. And so I just leave it on because I'm that horrible person for all my computer friends out there. I'm the person that never turns the computer off until I have to. Like it makes itself turn off because it just dies. <laughs> so the computer stays on forever and always pretty much. So autosave is on. Life is good. Nothing, nothing can definitely go wrong here. I'm looking at it. It's telling me that it's saving it. It's saving it as we go. So this was the course of a couple days and, you know, I'm sitting down for an hour or two. I'm working on it. I'm going and doing stuff. You know, I'm sitting down working on it for a couple hours. I'm going and doing stuff. If you've been listening, you know, I'm, I get, I've got the opportunity to be home for a few weeks here around the holidays. So I'm like, this will be good little holiday project. I'll work on it for a couple hours and walk off from it. Like, it's great. And it's auto-saving. Look, it's auto-saving. So I just leave the computer on. I get up, I lock it, I come back, I unlock it. You know, old corporate habit, right? Thou shalt never leave your computer console unlocked ever. So I just kind of naturally, boom, do that now, right? Because didn't want to end up on a naughty list. Um, so I would come back and just start tinkering with it. And then one day I came back, about three days into this. So a couple hours one day, a couple hours another day, a couple hours another day. So at least, like, a, probably a good four or five hours of actual work on this thing. And that's building it, that's designing some of the graphics for it, that's coming up with some of the stuff I'm typing on the side, and then just piecing it all together. It's pretty chunky at this point. It's got some it's got some size to it. And uh, my computer does the blue screen of death thing because I've just overload I've just just overloaded the computer. I've got like podcast crap going in the background and I've got my Spotify playing on one side and I've got, you know, this, and then I've got as, and I know, I know you all out there, you guys do the same thing. I've got like 57 word docs open that I never close that just auto save. Right. And it's, do you want to recover? Yes, I definitely want to recover these. And so then every time I open word, I get like 57 because I just won't, won't close any of them because I'm just a hoarder of unused word documents. Right. So all that's going on in the blue screens of death's me. Oops. Windows has encountered a problem and there you go. I'm like, well, okay, no worries. I reboot the computer. It's autosave is on. I come back and uh, nope. That's a big N-O-P-E, nope. So autosave didn't mean that it was actually autosaving. I actually had to go and save it as a draft, which I didn't. 
And I don't know where this auto, what this autosave was doing. <laughs> so, but it, it claimed it was automatically saving. And it's probably buried somewhere in something that you could probably find at some point. But talk about an air trap. So where I'm going with this is, is back to the point of imagine if I had an employee that was doing that work for me. And this isn't even all that critical though, right? But imagine they were doing this for me. They encountered that same situation, a situation where it's really, 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 really easy to get it wrong, really hard to get it right. Like if you didn't know, like I know now, that's like, duh, easy to get it wrong, right? Way easy to get it wrong. And imagine that happened. And then I pissed myself over it. What the hell? How could you ever? You, I didn't. You save it. How this? You cut five hours of wasted. Oh my God, wasted efficiency. And it's not going to be out when I made up that timeline that I wanted it to be out. And now I'm pissed. And I'm what the stupid? Why could you be, piss? my pants. And it reminds me of this episode with Sydney Decker that we did way back when. And let's let's cut to that right now. I want to I want to throw that in here right now this conversation on piss your pants management. <laughs> to them is to stop peeing in your pants management, right? And so what what that means is, um, uh, you know, anybody who's had kids probably has seen this happen in, in their kid, right? You go, oh, I think the kid's got to go, right? And then there's no opportunity to let the kid go. And you go, oh, my God, how are we going to solve this? And the kid looks, looks increasingly scrunched up and, oh, man, I have to do something. I have to do something, right? Uh, and you go, no, 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 no. And then the kid lets go. And, and, you know, clashes on through the street or wherever it ends up. And, and so, um, the, um, uh, I, I see the same sort of behavior in, uh, in, in, in leaders who feel they have to take a stand or do something or respond to the latest sign of some, uh, deviation that they want to make an example of or, or make very clear that they, uh, that they draw the line there and there is a boundary to be patrolled. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem with that sort of peeing in your pants management is, you know, you look, you, you feel relieved and, 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 um, uh, satisfied that you've done something just like the kid that let go um but once it's out you know 30 seconds later two things happen right first you begin to stink and second you start to look like a fool right and so um hold it in that's the first recommendation hold it in don't respond without a serious learning review right and i'm sure a lot in the hop community know exactly what i'm talking about mm-hmm. don't think in terms of investigation because i mean that word gives you all the wrong sort of um uh, uh hints right investigation that means you know there's, there's there's probably somebody culpable and something went wrong and that's a cause and that cause can be traced back to a culpable human being you know no right. it's a learning review nobody comes to work to do a bad job nobody comes to work to do a bad job sam and that's the right. you know that really is the alpha and the omega of the hop community if we cannot 
gather around that basic principle of what, you know, Jens Rasmus and everyone back in the, um, back in the seventies started calling local rationality. Mm-hmm. Um, right? people do what makes sense to them at the time, given their circumstances, given their goals that they've been, uh, given by the organization that they work for, given the uh, focus of attention, given the constraints and time pressures and everything, and, you know, they're working under and the imperfect designs that are probably error, um, error inviting rather than error tolerant, error intolerant. Um, if people come to work to do a good job and that's your starting point, then you can never start an investigation thinking, I'm going to find the culpable one because there is nobody culpable, right? right. People, you know, if people were doing what they wanted to do, they'd probably be sitting home on the couch having a beer or something, right? right. They wouldn't be working right. for you. Right? They're doing your job. They're solving your problems. They're helping you make money, you know? So, so from that perspective, um, Man, I'm on a rant already, but no, keep uh, going. But, well, yeah, but <laughs> but leaders, leaders probably. I mean, I know what they're going to say. They're going to say, "Yeah, yeah." I mean, that's, that's all really cute, Decker, but I have to hold somebody accountable, you know, because yeah. otherwise, I'm not a, I'm not seen as a leader. Um, I think that is absolute um, masculine nonsense. Mm-hmm. It absolutely. is, it is BS. Um, mm-hmm. You can be seen as a leader when you are. Passionate when you actually give a damn about right. the people who come to work to do work for you. You can be seen as a really strong leader if you suspend your judgment, if you don't jump in and do something because you feel, you believe, you have this myth in your head that you need to be seen to be doing something. Nonsense. Nonsense. Right. Great leaders ponder. I mean, go back to the Greeks two and a half thousand years ago. I mean, the greatest leaders weren't the one, you know, ones who shot from the hip. Well, there's none to shoot from the hip with, but you know, they weren't those sorts of guys. They were the guys who were thinking, you know, and when you look at the philosophies those guys come up with, you know, stoicism, for example, Mm -hmm. it was born on the battlefield, right? It wasn't sort of thought up in some, in some, uh, you know, nice little cozy uh, chamber where you could sit and drink and eat your grapes or something. No, Mm -hmm. um, it was born in the battlefield. But they found out that in those heated situations, those moments where there's lots of time pressure, critical things going on, the one that emerges as the leader is the one who's able to step back and say, all right, let's take a breath. All right. I am not going to be standing here pissing in my pants because I need to be seen to be doing something because I don't want to be the one ending up who stinks and looks like a fool. You have power over your mind, not outside events. Realize this and you will find strength. Let's throw another one in there. You shouldn't give circumstances the power to rouse anger for they don't care at all. Marcus Aurelius. So Sid went stoic, so we had to throw a little couple few stoic gems in there. But this pee your pants management, back to the story. If someone was working for me, doing that work in service of me, in service of my organization rather than me, right? And we find themselves, they find themselves in that situation of an air inviting situation rather than one that's air absorbing or air tolerant. And they make that same mistake that I make and I piss my pants and I react because I've got to react. I've got to show force. I've got to show them that these type of mistakes are not tolerated here at the Hop Nerd LLC and thou shalt not. I have a rule that says you can't do that and you will not and I'm going to beat you with a stick to show you how good of a leader I am. What have I done? What have I actually done? When we react from a place of emotion and distrust, we signal to those that are taking on that risk of sharing information with us 
In this particular story, if this were a real event, someone sharing the information that, hey, I kind of sort of jacked this thing up. I totally didn't mean to, but it was like telling me it was saving and it wasn't. And I like shit myself, piss myself, scream and yell, throw a temper tantrum. And that's really what it is. It's a leader temper tantrum. And you know exactly where I'm coming from. If you've worked in corporate organizations for more than a hot minute, you've seen the VP temper tantrum. You've seen the director temper tantrum. You've seen the manager temper tantrum. You know, the one where they do that and you lose so much respect for them. And on top of that, you lose a ton of trust for them. If I threw that temper tantrum, I'm signaling to that person that it's not safe to share that kind of information with me. Really what I'm telling them is, hey, look, it's not safe to tell me the truth. Because if you tell me the truth and I don't like it, you're going to get this. You're going to get the the Sam temper tantrum. <laughs> you're going to get the manager temper tantrum. You're going to get the leader temper tantrum. We're signaling to them. We're telling them almost straight up, don't do this. Don't bring me this information. What we're really doing when we react from a place of emotion and distrust, especially from that place of blame and shame and you're culpable for this, what we're really doing is deliberately choosing to know less. We might have found out this time, but next time uh, we've we've made our own bed and, and we're gonna lie. We're gonna lay in that bed. We, we pissed the bed, and we're gonna have to lay in that piss for a real long time. We're deliberately choosing to know less because our reactions have told those, told those that possess that vital operational intelligence that we need to be successful as leaders and as organizations, we've demonstrated to them that it is not safe to bring us that information. And if you tell me that it is not safe, if you show me that it is not safe, if you prove to me that you are going to piss yourself, piss the bed, shit your pants, all these other kind of things that we can kind of laugh and say here, if but really, if you show that to me, if you prove that to me, that it's not safe for me to bring you that information, I'm not gonna, and you can't make me. <laughs> you can't. You can't. I bet you even have a rule that says that people have to bring you that kind of information, but they're not gonna. They're not gonna, and they shouldn't. They shouldn't because you can't be trusted with that information. Because as soon as it hits your ears, as soon as it goes in your little ear holes there, you go, ah! And yep, that was pissing and shit in your pants, right? <laughs> That's what happens. That's what happens. Now, I harp so much about reactions and kind of back to another point that I was beginning to make in this rambly kind of somewhat structured rant today um, was this. As organizations begin to have these conversations and they're asking, where do we start? Where do we start? Where do we start? Reactions is oftentimes the place that I tell people to start. It frees up information. It gets information flowing. It at least gets it moving a bit. Like if, if you've been pissing and shit in your pants for a long time, you're that VP throwing those VP temper tantrums or you have that VP, that that P, VP, that something, you know, those people that sit on those high floors far, far away usually. If you have those folks or even those direct leaders, frontline leaders or wherever they fall in this leadership chain, I'm just making crap up. Wherever they fall in this if you have those and they've been acting in this manner and demonstrating that it's not safe to bring this information forward for a very long time, it's going to take you more than a minute because all that scar tissue, it's always going to be there. It will fade over time with better reactions, right? Better reactions built on better assumptions, right? Error is normal, blame fix nothing. You get kind of where I'm going with this, right? Better reactions built on better assumptions, but that scar tissue is always going to be there. It's never going to go anywhere. People will sometimes forgive, but they never forget, 
right? That's a piece of organizational folklore, a piece of scar tissue in your organization that will live on for all of eternity. Now, the difference is, is as you start to react better, as you start to really respond better to this type of information over time, and you demonstrate that consistently over time, that I'm not going to piss or shit myself. The organization is not going to panic, break down, melt down, overreact, knee jerk, do all that kind of sort of stuff. As you start to have these more positive stories, begin to outweigh those more negative stories of peeing your pants and shitting yourself and screaming and yelling and throwing chairs, right? They're always there, but as these more positive stories begin to outweigh those, you hear the conversation begin to change. People won't say, well, we never did that because that's not true. They'll say, well, that's how our organization used to be. And that's a pretty good place to be. We used to react poorly. We understand that we can still slip back there, but that's not how we do business right now. We respond a whole bunch better than what we ever have before. So kind of circling back, I'm pulling it back into that point that I was trying to make. (laughs) Sorry, you know me, I ramble, I rant. That's how we do things around here. But pulling it back to that, that, that other point of that's a great place to start focusing on how we react. And I say that because and I'm going to say this, I'm going to oversimplify this dramatically, but we get to choose. I know, I know, I know, Sam, it's not that it's, it's way more complex and complicated. I know it is, but as people, we get to choose how we feel about the information that we receive. We get to choose. Time back into some of Sid's stoicism stuff. That's stuff that happens as far outside of our control. We get to decide if it causes us to melt down, break down, right? We get to decide if it makes us piss ourselves. We get to decide if somebody brings us that information, you know, that vital operational intelligence, the stuff that's really, really scary, but we really, really need to hear. You know, the stuff that's like, hey, I almost could have, should have, would have died over there last week, and I wanted to tell you so we can make it better. That kind of stuff that is super scary. That kind of stuff that is gnarly. That stuff that is ugly. That kind of stuff. We get to choose if it makes us ball up in the corner, pissing ourselves and screaming and yelling and lashing out at all those around us that are just trying to do good work in our organizations, just trying to do work to the best of their abilities. And they almost always get it right. Sometimes we get it wrong. And when they sometimes get it wrong, when we panic, break down, melt down, we get to choose if we panic, break down, melt down, shit ourselves and on and on and on and on and on. We get to decide as leaders. Now, now, I'm not just going to leave you with that. I'm going to say right here, let's talk maybe triage triage right out of the gate because you know what those reactions are called, right? You know what that's called? And let me maybe piece this in here. I do uh, probably about a hundred ish learning teams a year, helping organizations like actually facilitate or coach at least 50 to a hundred learning teams just about every single year. I get some wacky phone calls and even me, I'm not special. And I hope to God I've made that apparently clear in like every single stupid thing I've ever written, pretty much every single podcast. I'm not an expert. I am not, I'm not superhuman. I'm not super safety professional, Sam. I am not a guru. I'm none of that crap. I'm just a person just like you out there doing this stuff in the trenches, like elbows deep and trying to make things better right there with you. I get some of those calls every single year, like at least a handful of them where the first reaction in my mind is what the fuck, (laughs) right? How could that, what in the world, how in the hell could they ever have done that? What the absolute holy F it, what? No, (laughs) stupid. Oh my God. Now back to the point, you know what that's called, right? You know what that reaction's called? 
That's called being a person. <laughs> yeah, that's called being human. And as far as I know, if you're listening to this, uh, you're probably human. I, I would assume, right? I would assume. Um, we're all human. We're all people and we do peopley things and we have peopley reactions. And some of that reaction is sometimes that. What the? It's, nobody could be that dumb. Are you kidding me, right? Like That's where we start. Now, back to the triage element of this. I will tell you to tie into that story is that those few handfuls of times when I get that. Now, my curiosity almost immediately takes over. Back to triage, right? Curiosity, operational curiosity. No, like, wait a second. It sounds stupid on the surface, but it couldn't be that dumb, right? And what you discover is the more you learn, the more you understand how it all made sense, and it never seemed that dumb in the moment. It only seems dumb after the fact. It only seems obvious after the fact. So triage point number one here, I guess, is operational curiosity and seeking to understand. Seeking to understand why it made sense because it totally did make sense or people wouldn't have done what they did. Right? It totally made sense. So seeking to understand, having that healthy dose of operational curiosity right out of the gate, even when the first thought that pops into your mind is, <sighs> No, you're stupid. Even right, right there, right there. Now, to take triage even further back to the immediate sense, I don't want to sound woo-woo. I don't want to sound like incense. You know, you know my song, incense and strawberry alarm clock, right? I don't want to sound too much in that space, but I don't think that this is pause. Seriously, pause. When someone brings you that information that makes you, you know, you feel it. You know what I'm talking about? You know that little knot that pops up in your gut and you feel your face starting to flush a little bit and kind of, you know, you get the kind of, you're hot, but you got the cold pricklies going on and, you know, you know, anger. You know what I'm talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. When you feel that need to just, burn, you know, we all do that because we're people. We do people things. When you feel that need, pause. Seriously. Thank you for the information. Shut your door. Scream and cuss your God if you want to. Uh, sit in silence if you need to. Meditate if you want to. Take a couple breaths. <laughs> Take 10 or 100 or maybe 1,000 if you're one of those, you know, super duper VP temper tantrum folks. Take those 1,000 breaths. Uh, if you're anything like me, uh, what always worked well for me when I had those challenging situations, uh, and it usually wasn't over events, it was usually, you know, dealing with maybe people that were having those type of reactions when I was working with an organization, I would go to the car and I would crank up like some death metal or some speed metal. I would crank up some Pantera. I would turn on some Metallica. I would turn on something with somebody screaming. And uh, if you were to walk past me, you would think that I was losing my mind as I'm just sitting there in silence, right? You may be partaking in some form of nicotine uh, and definitely some coffee and just full on blasting some metal music for about five minutes. And I immediately could, 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 could pull that in. I could, I could, okay. Okay. Screaming and yelling at this person is not going to fix anything. Blaming this person is not going to actually improve anything. Pissing my pants. That's just going to leave my pants wet and make me look like the ass. So what do I need to do? It would give me that time to pause, think, reflect, kind of do that before I just jumped to action, right? It's, it's, it's important. It's super important. So when you feel that need to react rather than respond coming on, pause, 
Just immediately pause. That's a great place to start. And then, as we said, kind of back to the first point, operational curiosity, seeking to understand, pulling that thing together, going out and actually being genuinely curious as that why that made sense, because it totally did. Yeah, yeah, you see, you see where I'm going. A couple actual tactical things that can help you with those reactions, whether it's you or if you're coaching others, as many of us find ourselves in this position, if you have that leader that has a bit of a temper and likes to throw temper tantrums, Look, I want you to just stop <laughs> like when someone brings you that information because this information is important and we don't want to discourage it. All reporting is voluntary and we have to create an environment where people can bring this stuff to us. We want to know about these scary, bad situations. We want to know where things go wrong. We want to know where we're nearing failure or we have failed so we can improve, so we can make things better and on and on and on and on and on. When they bring you that information, when you feel the need to piss yourself, and maybe you don't say it like that, <laughs> but you get where I'm coming from. When you feel the need to poop your pants, what I want you to do is I want you to go in your office and I want you to take five minutes and just chill. I'm going to give you a rubber band and I want you to put it around your wrist. And when you feel that need, I want you to flick it a couple times and just chill. Tap, tap on your finger, right, with the other finger, you know, and take those thousand breaths that you might need. I want you to pause. And then... And then we're going to be curious. We're going to be super curious. We're going to seek to understand why it made sense because it totally did. Right? So it's not just for us. It's for passing that information along to those leaders. Those oftentimes that we're coaching to, a lot of times in our world, coaching up to, right, influencing some of those reactions over time and helping our organization to create that environment where people can be honest with us. Where they might not trust us, but at least they feel that they can tell us the truth. That's a pretty powerful place to start with. Now, I'm going to go farther. Okay, let me go farther with this. And I will tell you that if you're struggling with reactions in your organizations, this react versus respond. And I tend to like to think of it in this fashion. I heard one of my friends that I worked with, a gentleman by the name of Brian Gardner, someone that I admire and respect totally just an amazing person who spent numerous years in the healthcare world and then found their way into the occupational healthcare world, then found their way into safety, then kind of grew into this new view of safety. One of my old partners in crime of trying to bring about deep and meaningful change to the organization that we're working together in, as he put it, and I don't know if he come up with this, but I'm giving you credit for it, Brian, if you're listening, it's all yours unless somebody else says, wait, that's mine. <laughs> But credit where I know to put credit at, uh, credit where I think credit is due, is this. is this explanation of react versus respond is that if you go and you seek out medication for something that elds you, do you want a reaction or a response? The answer is response. Duh, right? Because reaction is going to put you in, back in the ER. Response is usually going to be focused on restoration. It's going to be a bit curative, maybe, right? You want to focus on that response. But if you have an organization that's struggling to move from react to respond, if we're just struggling with the way that we respond to that information, we're pissing our pants, we're shitting our pants, we're doing that consistently, right? That's kind of the norm. I'm going to tell you that you have an organizational assumption problem more than you have a reaction response problem, right? Because we're coming from this place of going, well, error is not normal. 
People just actively choose to make errors. And if they cared more, tried harder, if they would just choose to err less, because that's how you make less errors, right? You just choose. You just choose to be more aware. And if they would just choose to be more aware, and then that would, they wouldn't have errors. And that since they're having these errors because they're choosing to have errors, then the way that we fix that is we need to blame and punish them real, 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 real hard. Because context doesn't drive behavior. It's just people choosing. It doesn't matter what the context is. You can just choose to not mess up. You can just choose to not have an event. You can just choose to be more saferist, right? That's how this works. So I'm going to blame you. And then when you bring me this information, I'm just going to shit myself, right? That's where, right? So you see where I'm going? Deeper, 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 deeper. Do the triage. You can work on the triage. You can take those leaders that are the bright spots within your organization that are fighting against this broken system of shit in their pants, and you can prop them up. You can huddle around them. You can say, look at this. This, this is it. This is the example. This is what we should all aspire to be. You can do that. You can grow those bright spots. You can mentor and you can coach, but you need to spend time growing better assumptions throughout the organization. The long slog of growing better assumptions within your organization. That takes a lot of time. That's why I'm giving you the triage up front. You can do these things kind of simultaneously, right? But through doing this kind of triage stuff, coaching those leaders that might have a bit of a more of an issue with pissing themselves, propping up those bright spots, pointing to them as the prime example of people that are getting it right. Great leaders, right? Great leaders that are leading their folks, that are caring for their folks, that are responding rather than reacting, all that kind of sort of stuff that we know makes a great leader in our world. You know those leaders. We've worked for those leaders. Those folks that you know. Like I could genuinely jack something up completely unintentionally. I'm going to go in there with my hat in my hand because I jacked something up and I feel like shit because of it. And they know I feel like shit because of it. And they're going to help me make it better. Right? They're going to help me learn from it. They're going to help me make it better. And they're going to thank me for bringing them that information. I'm going to know that they mean it. Those kind of leaders showing those as the example while coaching those that are struggling with that, giving them some of those tools, teaching them through. A lot of times it's holding their hand and walking them through what those better responses look like when this great, good, bad, ugly, scary information, this operational intelligence comes their way while also building hop fluency, having these conversations, baking it in as we go growing that hop fluency throughout the organization overall. Because as we grow that hop fluency, as we shift those assumptions in our organizations, that reaction that was the norm becomes not the norm, right? So it stands out more when you have that person that shits themselves, pisses themselves, and then rolls around in it, throwing their temper tantrum when things go a bit sideways or go real sideways. Everyone else is going, what in the hell are you doing? Don't you know that blame fixes nothing? Don't you know that how we respond matters? This is just going to make people not tell us stuff, and we don't need that. We need more information, not less. You see where I'm going. You get where I'm going with all this. And I apologize for the rant, but it's super, super, super important. And back to the kind of side point that I was been trying to make, and I know I'm struggling here. I'm amped up on cold brew and pumped to talk about reactions. But it's a great place to start. When we start talking hot principles... Start right there. It's a great place to just start to shift things because we have a choice in that matter. We get to choose whether we react 
or respond. Whether we respond, react from a place of emotion and distrust, or respond from a place of curiosity and care focused on restoration, learning, and improvement. We get to choose whether we react with emotion and distrust focused on blame, shame, retrain, more of the same, fix people through the stick and the carrot, or we respond focused on restoration, trust, learning, and improvement, learning our way towards operational excellence. Again, I know I'm oversimplifying, but that's why we talk about building hot fluency over time as well. Right? It takes for that to stick. It takes that continued focus on shifting those assumptions and genuinely having that paradigm shift within your organization. But that doesn't mean you can't do stuff. That doesn't mean you can't triage. That doesn't mean you can't prop up those bright spots. That doesn't mean that you, as a leader right now, can just stop peeing yourself. You can you can totally do it. If you're that VP, if you are, you can just choose to respond a bit differently. And back to the point, where we go when we react poorly from that place of emotion and distrust, we know less, period. We're deliberately choosing to know less. We're allowing our emotions, our panic, our fear, our anger, our completely and totally normal human emotions Instead of recognizing them for what they are and seeing that, well, if I actually do this, instead of taking that pause and just snapping to it, and again, they're normal. To overreact, to panic, to shit ourselves, to pee ourselves, it's normal. I know the way that we say it. It's funny, and it's ha-ha, and look at those dumb people that would react like that. It, it's not blaming. It's not blaming. We all do that, as I've admitted. It's taking that pause and recognizing that if we choose to continue down that path, we're deliberately choosing to know less. In our world, knowing less, <laughs> that doesn't help us. We need to know a whole bunch more. And it's our job. It's our job as leaders in our organization to create an environment in which people can tell us the truth and create an environment where people can be honest with us. We can't afford to know less. In our complex and complicated work worlds, we need to know more and more and more. for listening everybody we greatly appreciate all of your support of the hot nerd podcast the hot nerd llc if you need a little bit of help of bringing human and organizational performance to life if you would like to take your efforts around learning and improving to the next level yep i can help with that head over to www.thehotnerd.com or send me an email thehotnerd at gmail.com until next time bye everybody bye